All right, well, good evening and welcome to our midweek Wednesday service. Uh, we've been talking about healed and whole. We're going to kind of jump in <clears throat> and get into some more of what we're talking about. And we're going we're gonna, to uh, kind of transition into preaching and teaching his will, preaching and teaching his will. So we're talking about healing, we're talking about wholeness, and we're just going to just uh, show why uh, for quite some time, it's been a um, uh, it's been a a focus, a goal, and a fundamental principle to preach and teach His will to create an atmosphere for people to receive their healing. All right, so so just as difficult, just as it's difficult to bring a sinner to receive Christ without clear knowledge without a clear knowledge of God's promise concerning salvation, it's just as difficult to bring a person to receive healing without a clear knowledge of God's promise concerning holiness. So just as you know, you're trying to minister salvation to a person, but if they don't have a clear knowledge of God's promise concerning salvation, what are they attaching their faith to? So it was similar if a person doesn't have a clear knowledge of God's promise concerning holiness, what are they attaching their faith to? With, without a clear understanding, we'll remain confused if we don't take hold uh, to God's promises. There's no way uh, to resist the temptation to doubt the supernatural. Um, so, so if I don't take hold of God's promises and I have to believe for the supernatural, the adversary is going to try to tempt me to... Uh, to doubt and not believing, well, what is going to be my anchor to keep me from being pulled out of believing? My anchor is, is I have a full, God, a full knowledge of God's promises. So God's promises is the anchor to help me to hold on or attach my faith to. So if, if, if you know, the winds are blowing, you, you see the movies, the wind's blowing, they're in a storm, and the person don't want to get taken away by the wind, they grab hold to a pole <laughs> or something. So we grab hold to God's promises so the winds of doubt and unbelief don't pull us from our healing, right? So we must create an atmosphere of healing by preaching and teaching what's been done in Christ. So, so as, as we all grow and as we all flow, it's wonderful. Sometimes we really, we just love having a knowledge of the things of God, and that's wonderful. We, know, we, we love when we learn scripture and we can articulate it. Uh, we love when we're, we're good at orating and, and breaking it down and we sound charismatic. But for us to, to, to really impact people, um, the manifestation of God's power um, makes a big difference. So when you preach and teach, you create an atmosphere for faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let's look at Mark 6. We talked about this last week, but just in line with what we're talking about today. Mark chapter 6. Again, we're talking about healed and whole. Healed and whole. So Mark chapter 6, and we'll lock in here. We'll start at verse 5. Mark chapter 6, we'll start at verse 5. It says, and he could there do no mighty work save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. Verse 6, and he marveled because of their unbelief. 
And then the next thing is what he did was, and he went around about the villages teaching. So he, he came in with the focus of, hey, I want to help heal some folk. He can only heal the few folk because of their unbelief, right? And, he was, and so he marveled that unbelief was even there. Like, why wouldn't you believe for something that you've been afforded? And so he says, okay, I'm probably going to have to go around and teach some folk, right? I'm going to have to create an atmosphere that's going to stir up uh, their belief. Let's look here at Luke 5. Luke chapter 5. Again, we're talking about preaching and teaching his will and how just as hard as it is to uh, win a sinner without them understanding God's promise of salvation, it's just as difficult to win someone with sickness and disease when they don't understand the promise that God has for their wholeness. All right, so we'll start here, Luke 5. We'll hone in here on verse 17. So it came to pass on a certain day as he was what? Teaching. It says that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was what? Present to heal them. All right, so he was teaching and people heard about his teaching. So they're showing up because an atmosphere was drawing them in. And it says that, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And behold, men brought in a, a bed. They brought in a bed a man which was taken with a palsy. And they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the mist before Jesus. And when he saw, key word is, when he saw their faith, he said unto him, man, thy sins are forgiven thee. Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. thee. And, the, and the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said unto them, What reason ye in your hearts? So he discerned their hearts. Whether it is easy to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Rise up and walk. So he says, Okay, you in your heart saying, How are you going to forgive sins? Now they're not recognizing the person that's healed. That wasn't important to them, right? They were focused on their protocols. So he says, Okay. So if you think that I'm in this position, I can't forgive sins, so what do you think would be more difficult? For me to say your sins be forgiven, which you can't see on the inside if the sins faded away or not, or to say rise up and walk. But, but that ye may know that the Son of Man has power upon the earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick of palsy, I say unto thee, arise, take up thy couch, and go into that house. And immediately he rose up before them, took up that whereupon he lay, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. We have seen strange things today. <laughs> I think that's how a lot of times we operate. 
All right, so, so here, let's go over to Luke 9. Let's go over to Luke chapter 9. And we'll lock here on verse 6. Similar to what we just was talking about. It says, and they departed and went through the towns preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. And they departed and went through the towns preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. You notice they preached the gospel before the people got to healing. Verse 11, and the people, when they knew it, followed him and received, and he received them and spake unto them the kingdom of God and healed them that had need of healing. Well, all this was because he sent the disciples. Well, you drop, you go up here to verse um. So you start here at the beginning of verse 1. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils to cure diseases, diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Preach the kingdom of God first, right? And to heal the sick. And he said unto them, take nothing for your journey, neither staffs nor script, neither bread, neither money, neither have two coats apiece. But, what's, but whatsoever house ye enter into thereby and thence depart. And whosoever will not receive you, when you go out of that city, shake, shake off the very dust of your feet for a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the towns preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. So they come in towns preaching the gospel and healing. By the time Christ comes in town, the atmosphere is already conducive for people to receive the healing. So preaching and teaching his, his will is a key to creating an atmosphere for people to receive their healing. So when people are trying to receive healing, some people are going to receive immediately, but most people need to be in an atmosphere where they feed on the word consistently. Because uh, remember, not only did they preach, it says the Lord was present to heal. So sometimes we cheat ourselves by not staying in the atmosphere where God is present to heal, right? Where he's present to heal. Where that atmosphere is stirred up because the word has been preached and taught in that atmosphere. You know, when we're in pride and we're in our feelings and things like that nature, what that does is that keeps us isolated. And when we're isolated, our mind can't get healed. Our body can't get healed. Our life can't get healed, right? Let's go here to Matthew 4. Matthew 4. And so we know the, the backdrop of Jesus being tempted in the wilderness, and we know he came out of the wilderness in the, in the power of the Spirit, right? So Matthew, earlier Matthew 4, he goes through the testing, and after he, he goes through his testing, he, he, he comes out, and he starts preaching and repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. So then he, he transitions that, he calls a few disciples and then we have uh, the multitude starts following him because, you know, his name, after he got filled with the Spirit, after he passed the test, his name was great, right? Because John had been talking about him, remember? John was like, man, you know, person that comes, I'm not worthy to tie shoes. And then Jesus shows up and get baptized by John. That's the guy that John was preparing the way for. So you ask yourself, how do they even know about Jesus? Well, John had been talking about Jesus for the longest. Right? Preparing the way. John and his what? Disciples. Right? 
And so here you have verse 23, and Jesus went about all of Galilee, Matthew 4, 23, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, look, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of diseases among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse different diseases and torment and torment and those which were possessed with devils and those which were lunatic and those that had palsy and he healed them. So it's so interesting. They, they just didn't bring somebody that had a cold, right? All these were in this category. Those that were possessed with devils, obviously devils trying to keep that sickness and disease on, on you. Remember it says, look, and those which were lunatic, that's mentally ill, that's dangerous, that's foolish, unpredictable, or crazy, right? People having epileptic seizures, right? Unusual behavior, a loss of awareness. See, that person needs healing. You know, that they're, they're now checked out from the reality of what's going on. That person needs healing. You know, uh, again, remember we talked about infirmity, I need to attack that mind because once I start attack that, attacking that mind, I can get the rest of your body, right? Right? Uh, they brought people that were paralyzed. You know, the New Living Te Testament says uh, people that were mental, emotional, and physical. The message uh, says, and those that had the palsy, and oh, I'm sorry, the message said those that were mental, emotional, and physical. I, uh, the epileptic and all that stuff came from the New Living translation, right? So they brought these people that, that were dealing with a lot of things. They brought people that were possessed, right? Inability to avoid harming themselves. The inability to avoid harming themselves, right? They were possessed. They couldn't stop themselves from harming themselves. So you see that when people are operating in certain uh, processes of thinking, they'll choose to do things that put them in harm. And you, you're saying, why would somebody choose that? Because they've opened themselves up to spirits that have now possessed them, and they don't have choice no more. They've given up their choice. The Bible says, what profit a man to gain the whole world and to lose his soul? We're going to talk about that scripture on Sunday. But so what it's saying is, you, because if you lose your soul, that's, you, have your, you have your body. That's the house that we live in. You know, that's temporary. It's our temporary house in the earth realm, right? But you have your spirit that hopefully if you accepted Jesus Christ and has been regenerated. Um, I think we'll talk about that on Sunday too, but by as a Titus 3, uh, it's been regenerated, made alive, right? Because it was dead because of sin, right? But then you have your soul, that's your choice station. That's where your mind, your will, and your emotions, and your intellect and your imagination is. So the person that has your mind has your choice. So that's why the adversary is after your choice. You think he's after your body, but you no, know, he's after your choice because you can't choose to spend eternity with God. And so, if I, so, so he tries infirmities because infirmities, I can take possession over your mind and you won't be able to stop harming yourself, right? Remember the prodigal son had to come to himself. Scripture says you can deceive yourself. You can oppose yourself, right? Why? Because... Again, you're harming yourself. Then you have, uh, it talked about the people that were mental, right? 
and, and, and I did that wrong. I said, it possesses the ability to avoid harming yourself. And I kind of merged it with infirmity, but infirmity is the mental section, so I apologize. I said that wrong. So possessed is inability to avoid harming yourself, period. <laughs> okay. Mental is, is having the embedded trigger or infirmity that won't allow you to see past sickness and pain. Right? So we talked about how once you get infirmed, you can't see past the sickness and pain. So even though somebody can tell you about healing, you can hear the word about healing, you can see other people heal, your mind is telling you, I'm stuck with this healing. Right? So it's this embedded trigger. Every time you move towards healing, that embedded trigger will have you searching for the sickness and disease. Like in your mind, it has you feel like this is who I am and this is what I'll always have and this is how I'll always be. You know, because I haven't been able to, uh, I haven't been able to stop. So I haven't been able to uh, stop eating that or, I don't know, stop scratching or whatever the case may be. Uh, I might, yeah, I have to list. It's, it's throw something in that category, right? You know, because you know, like when you're dealing with something, or let's say if you, you know, you have knee pain, or, like I'm never going to be able to bend my knee, whatever the case may be, it'll try to convince you that you're stuck there and we're not. And then you have the physical. The physical, of course, is when we're living with sickness and disease. So they brought all these people to them at every level, possessed, mental, physical, whatever the situation is, they brought everybody to them. And this is interesting. Um, the reason why, because you have these levels, we talked about possessed, we talked about mental, we talked about physical, this is the reason why you have to preach and teach as well. Because for this reason, a wise soul winner or an administrator of healing does not press for a decision too quickly. So, you know, so, so over the years, because I've been a part of ministries and you have, the, you have different levels, you have the altar care ministry. And so uh, at, in the early years, I would watch the altar care ministry was difficult for people because now if they had to talk about salvation. It was cool because salvation is what I pray for you. Uh, you can you, uh, come, repeat after me. If you confess the Lord Jesus, you know, believe God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Right. So most of the people on the altar care team was cool with that. Now you go into another thing, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Now, that was a little difficult for a lot of people because now it's faith, right? See, see, salvation, you can walk away, and if, you, if it took or not, I did my job, right? But with the baptism or the infilling of the Holy Spirit, something we should— the, the, there's a demonstration involved with that, right? Now, the demonstration can happen at their house, but you know how we are. We're human. You know, so it's like, so, so I, I've told this story before, but I remember one time one, one person went up. I'm in the back, so you had a rotation. So I'm in the back. I'm not, I'm not the facilitator that day. Person ministers salvation, and it says, okay, anybody want to be infilled or baptism of the Holy Spirit? People raise their hand and say, okay, so Minister Bradley's going to come up and minister to y'all. <laughs> Right? I'm, I'm not in a rotation. I did it. You know, I just went up. And the thing is, when I went up, I wasn't no confident than they were. And me, I just was like, okay, this is what the word says. We're going to do this. And we pray. And people got filled. And I was like, okay. No different than healing. It's like, hey, this is what the word says. Let's just do what the word says. But it's not me going, man, let me, let me impart this spirit into you. <laughs> 
Nothing's going to happen. If I'm confident in me, nothing's going to happen. See, it's faith. See, we're looking for feeling, but it's faith, right? And so, so same thing. It's like uh, uh, you're not pressing. So, so the other thing I watch, I used to bring the youth uh, from corrections over to church. And the people that was facilitating, they would, be, they would run through the script. You know, you got the script. You got uh, John chapter 4, John chapter 7. You know, you got Romans 10, 9, and 10. And, they'd be, and, and I'm like, okay, it might be me, but you ain't given enough time for people to really understand what you're talking about. You didn't park there for them to realize what you're saying. So when I got in the van, I would ask the young man, I said, do you understand what they were saying? They were like, nah, because they was rushing through it. I just want to get the script out the way so I can say I did it. No, no, you want to take your time because somebody's life is on the line. So you're not rushing to get a quota to say, hey, I got another person I won to the Lord. People do that in prison ministry all the time. But everybody's showing up in prison because they don't want to be locked up. That's one of the easiest places to win souls, <laughs> right? <laughs> maybe, maybe I can get out. Maybe I can get a pardon. You'll never have a, a small altar call at a prison. If you do, something's definitely wrong, <laughs> right? But in this particular case, people will rush for decisions. Same thing for healing. It's not about us. It's about their life. So you don't have to rush. You could just... See, again, preaching and teaching. And those, those solid men of God back in the day, they understood that. So they, would, they preached for two weeks. They, they, they didn't feel that they were less than a man of God because people didn't get healed the first day, the second day, the third day, seventh day, tenth day. Like, I'm going to preach until the atmosphere now is expecting God to do something. And then they would move. You see what I'm saying? And that's what we have to understand, Right? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? Romans 10, 17. And so, so this is the thing. The reason why we're trying to uh, in, uh, feed people that word, because what you magnify can manifest. What you magnify can manifest. And we notice, remember, remember Job 3.25, the thing that I what? Greatly feared has what? Come upon me. But, but it didn't say the thing that I feared. It said greatly feared. So I'm magnifying it. I'm meditating on it. It didn't say you great, the thing that you greatly faith. Excuse me. It said the thing that I greatly feared. So again, if I'm just magnifying the negative, and that's my life, that's my default, and then I need healing, well, it may take a little more than somebody just saying, oh, you could be healed. The Bible says this. It may take you meditating and meditating and being in an atmosphere where you're getting so fed where something clicks in you to go, whoa, I actually can be healed today. I'm going to get my healing. You know, like Tiana leaving the, 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 the seat and going, oh, that pain about to leave me today. You see what I'm saying? That's expectation. That's like the woman said, if I could touch the hem of his clothing. So it may take a little more. The scripture tells us to walk not in the counsel of the God, you know, stand in the way of sin or sit in the seat of the scornful, right? But you're delight what? And in that law, you should meditate, right? You should be like, what? Planted by the rivers of water, right? Right, but, but the interesting thing is, why is it saying, don't walk in the counsel of God, you know, stand in the way of sinner, nor sit in the seat of a scornful? Because they're going to magnify the negative. They're going to give you the worst case scenario. <laughs> what? You, you trying to believe for healing, man? See, all that spooky stuff, man? Go take some medicine, 
right? So it's saying don't be around that, but meditate on the word. Like, like almost flush out the unbelief, fill yourself up with belief is what it's saying, right? Joshua, same thing, meditate on the word day and night. But then it says don't just meditate on it, act on it, do all that's written therein. Then shall you make your way prosperous. Then shall you have good success. Successful in getting your healing. Prospering in getting your your, your mind cleared up, right? And so once again, what you magnify can manifest. You magnify the negative, that can manifest. You magnify magnify what God says, that's what's going to manifest. That's why the Bible says meditate on the word day and night, right? Because then you start to play off of the word. When when you want to fear the word gets triggered. You see, as opposed to the circumstance or the TV show or the worst case scenario. Look here, Mark chapter 1. Go to Mark chapter 1. So that's why it's important to, you know, as we grow young ministers, old ministers, no ministers, to create an atmosphere. You have people in your life that's believing for healing. You're not forcing them this need to, be, to, be, to believe you here right now. Nah, just spend time talking to them, talking, walking through. But you got to believe it. It got to be real to you. You, you got to be saturated with it. All right, so Mark chapter 1, we'll start at verse 38. It says, and he said unto them, let us go into the next towns. That means he's in a town. He said, let us go to the next towns. That, look, that I may preach there also. Right? For, there, for therefore... Came I forth, and he preached in their synagogues throughout all Galilee, cast and cast out devils. And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, kneeling down to him, saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. So he's saying, Man, if you will, you can make me clean too. Because the reputation was, I'm not even supposed to be around you. I got to stay without the city. But hey, based on all that I heard and all that I've been seeing, if it's your will, you can heal me too. And Jesus moved with compassion, right? So why did he have to have compassion? Because the protocol was stay out the city until we tell you you can come in, <laughs> right? He moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him. Now, not only is he, is he um, uh, a leper, so not only you got to stay out of the city, why you got to stay out of the city? Because nobody can come in contact with you, <laughs> Right? He touched him. He could have, he, he spoke to the other person, told him to get up, right? But he said he had compassion, touched him, and said unto him, I will. You're correct. You attach your faith to it. So he magnified what? If you will, I can be clean. I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. And straightly he charged him, and forthwith sent him away, and said unto him, See thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer for thy clean, uh, for thy cleansing, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But he went out and began to publish it to much. He told everybody, and to blaze abroad the matter, insomuch that Jesus could do could no more open openly enter the city, but was without in the desert places, and they came to him from every quarter. So, so the process was, because people start the process, why he didn't want to tell nobody? Because Jesus had a, he was on a mission, and he ain't need, you know, he needed to navigate. So, 
<laughs> so it said once he told everybody, it was hard for him to navigate because you have people kind of flooding. You can't, there has to be some type of order. So he says, I'm going to go into a desert place. I can see him coming and I can, I can take care of him in a different way. But the interesting thing is, he was cleansed, but he still sent him to honor and appreciate what God has done. He sent him to the priest, and he said, here, make an offering. Show appreciation. So sometimes people, people are healed, but they don't show appreciation for what, what God is doing by giving into God's house. Remember, where your treasure is, your heart is, right? And so, so, so this, this is, why is that even in there? Because we take things for granted, and appreciation is valuable. Uh, it's probably in my notes here somewhere. But I remember uh, Jesus healed. He healed all the guys. But only one came and bowed down. He says, well, where are the other guys I healed? He says, man, go away and be whole. So he got healed and was whole because of his appreciation. So the healing is something we can get. But wholeness is something that keeps the healing away. You, you see what I'm saying? Like now, now it's not just temporary. Right? All right, so let's look here. Luke 10. Look at Luke 10. Again, preaching and teaching create an atmosphere. All right, I might be able to get to this other piece. All right, so Luke 10, and we'll start here. Uh, verse 2. I'll start at verse 1. Because remember, he had appointed the 12. This is where he appointed, he sends out 70. So after these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place where the he himself would come. So he sent out, see again, they had an internet. So he sent out advertisements, <laughs> right? You know, they, they, they sent out, created an atmosphere. So even God sent out people to create an atmosphere of preaching and teaching his will. Uh, verse 2, it says, Therefore said he unto them, The harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. It says, Go your ways. It says, Behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves, casting neither purse nor script nor shoes, and salute no man by the way, right? It says, and in whatsoever house ye enter, first say, peace be to this house. And if the son of peace be there, your peace shall rest upon it. If not, uh, it shall turn to you again. And in the same house remain eating and drinking such things as they give, for the laborer is worthy of his hire. Go not from house to house. And into whatsoever city ye enter, uh, and they receive you, eat such things as set before you. Look, and heal the sick that are therein, and say unto them, The kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. But in whatsoever city ye enter, and they receive you not, go your ways out of the, out of the streets. It says, Go your ways out into the streets of the same, and say, uh, Even the very dust of your city which cleaveth on us, we do wipe off against you, notwithstanding. Be ye sure of this, that the kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. Uh, but he says, but I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable in that day for Sodom than for that city. 
So what he's saying is, okay, go preach and teach and let them know the kingdom of God is hand. And basically, uh, you know, hearts can be mended. People can be healed. He says, but people don't receive you just dust the sand on your feet and keep moving. So that means everybody didn't receive their healing because they didn't receive it, so they didn't believe it, right? So the, the, the purpose of, uh, of preaching um, was to stir up their faith to be healed, right? And, and he was like, it's not about, when he was saying like, just, just don't be going into these unbelief, unbelieving situations, almost like not standing in the way of the sinner, because you start engaging them, you're going to believe what they believe, and you're going to magnify that. I want, I want the word magnified. That's going to create the atmosphere of faith. So when I come in, I mean, I, you got all these people I got to heal. I can just come in and heal because the atmosphere is set. So the interesting thing is the harvest plenty, plenty is, and, uh, but the laborers are few. We're supposed to be laboring for the harvest. Are we creating an atmosphere for people to be healed? Are we creating an atmosphere for people to be whole? Or are we just about our ambitions? Are we about our platform when we got people right in front of our face that need to be healed and made whole? So are we, are we doing that? Are we preaching and teaching his will and creating an atmosphere for people to get their minds back? Some people are losing their minds, right? So we're supposed to be creating an atmosphere for that. So, <clears throat> so he had a purpose for commanding the gospel to preach to every preacher, so every, to every creature. The purpose for preaching the gospel to every creature is so that every creature may receive its benefits. That includes us right now. So, so look here at Mark 16. Mark 16. It's just like we, you know, you hear this, uh, people use what, 10% of their brain? Is it, is it 10%? So, so God should have just gave us 10% of our brain? So you, may, you have to ask us, why aren't we using the benefit of it? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like there's so many benefits. You know, when I first bought, I bought a vehicle, and I just liked the, the, the stereo system. I think I shared that before. But there was so many other benefits I ain't know nothing about. Like, I discovered stuff like a year later that was a part of the vehicle, but I ain't know. You know why? Because you get the car, you're supposed to read the manual. Did you, did you know that? Like, so you can know. <laughs> you know, we wait till we get in trouble. So, so what was happening is my, uh, my gas cap kept locking. And I was like, oh, what's going on? I can't open my gas cap, this, that, and the other. But there was something I was doing causing it to lock. But I didn't know. And so I'm calling a, a roadside assistance and all types of stuff when basically all I had to do was hit the lock release and it would have released the gas cap. It was in the manual the whole time. <laughs> right? So, you know, it's just different things that we, we, we don't understand because we don't read the manual. And there's, we are gifted and have different ways, uh, but we don't read our manual. So let's look here, Mark 16. Thought I was there already, but I wasn't. Mark 16, and we'll start here at verse 15. And he said unto them, go ye to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, right? And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. So there's people that won't believe. And guess what? According to the Bible, they'll be damned. 
Not because you want them damned, not because nobody loves them, because they don't believe, right? Doesn't it say that right here? Right? It says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. So then he, he ain't just leave it at that. So people ain't believing just because they say they believe. That these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall, uh, they cast out the devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If, if they drink any deadly thing, look, it shall, not, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So again, we're, we're not laying hands on the sick just because it's some type of cool thing. The Bible says we should lay hands on the sick and shall be covered. It says these signs shall follow them that believe. But you got to believe for that to happen, right? You got to believe what what? The Word says, right? So he says going to preach to every creature because so every, every creature can receive its benefits. We're rolling without benefits. There's people around us need healing, and we, we start worrying. How does that help somebody to heal? Then we, then we might go to another. We might start crying. Now, now um, don't, don't, don't get sensitive, but how does crying help somebody to get healed? Think about it. But there's something in our mechanism that says, if I cry, I'm helping the situation. No, you're not. You're just showing that you believe more in the circumstance than you believe God. Now, and this ain't the season for us to get sensitive and you really don't have to. We're all smart people. You guys are smart out there in video land. Y'all know what I just said is the truth. You ain't never seen nobody heal just because you got worried or you got upset. It takes belief and faith, right? And look, look, our fear has an action to it, doesn't it? Listen for a second. Our fear has not like, how do I know you're afraid? Not just by what you say, right? There's actions to it. Your, your worry and concern shows, doesn't it? So why can't our faith show? Why can't we show actions to our faith? Nobody even has to train you to show actions to your worry. You do that with, with, without nobody coasting you. They ain't got to teach you or train you. You jump right on that. Or we have jumped right on that. Why can't we jump right on the other thing? See, so this is the thing. Even though healing may not be sensational or there's not um, firecrackers going off. There's a lot happening. I got this from uh, Kenneth Copeland. There's a lot happening in the spirit that's not noisy. There's a lot happening in the spirit realm that's not noisy. But we think it has to be noisy all the time. Even the young ladies that, that, that received the healing the other day, like, be honest, it wasn't a whole lot of noise. A lot of people that's received the healing is a whole lot of noise because it, it don't have to be there's people that there's been you, you know, you could just tell, you know, maybe what had to come out of them needed uh, like Roto-Rooter or something, but they were shaking all the way to their healing. But it doesn't always have to be spectacular. Uh, got this from Mark Hankins. People miss the supernatural looking for the spectacular. They miss the supernatural looking for the spectacular. Right? It doesn't always have to be spectacular. And, and uh, got this from All Roberts. That's, you know, that's why we, so, so the atmosphere is stirred up for faith, but it's faith for even the person that God wants to use to facilitate the healing. 
You start getting into that word, that word start, you start preaching that word, and that word start going forth, and you start to see it in uh, light bulbs going off, and people start pulling on their expectancy. The atmosphere gets stirred up. The presence of God shows up. Well, you move before you even realize what you've done, right? Well, Oral Roberts said this, don't lay hands on nobody unless you release, you're ready to release your faith. Don't just be laying hands on nobody just to be laying hands on somebody. Because, and the reason why is because, let's say you just lay hands on people because, uh, remember, the, uh, uh, we catch out the name of Jesus that Paul preaches, right? Remember? <laughs> hey, we know Paul, Jesus, but who are you? And they jumped all on him, right? Well, if, if, if somebody's infirmed or somebody's possessed or somebody has a sickness and disease, and you lay hands on them suddenly or you lay hands on them because you saw somebody else do it, well, you didn't attach your faith for nothing to be removed. So it could attach itself to you. So, so don't be laying hands unless you're ready to release your faith. So sometimes if you see me or us praying, yeah, I know I do this a lot, in certain, especially if somebody just called me out of nowhere. Like, you know, the former church, one time that uh, Pastor didn't give the testimony how I prayed for him. Uh, but I just didn't start praying. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to just, Lord, what you want? You know, what you want me to do? And the Lord told me what to do, and I did it. Or if the Lord would tell me what to say, and I'll say it. Or the Lord would tell me how to act, and I'll act it. But I'm not just, just uh, I'm the man of God. What, what you need? No, 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 no. It's not working that way, right? It's, it's a faith thing, right? So don't lay hands um, unless you're ready to release your faith, right? All right, so let's, let's spend a little bit of time here talking about how salvation and healing parallel. Salvation and healing parallels. We've been, we've been dancing around a little bit, but let's just lock in on a little bit. And that's, you know, that's your spiritual and physical healing. You know, salvation. And so your salvation is your spiritual healing. And, and, and when you get healing in your body, that's your physical, right? And, and this is, uh, as we're processing through, when you see us or a lot of us praying or if you're trying to pray for somebody healing, we do not pray healing down from heaven or persuade God to do what was accomplished at Calvary. So we're not praying healing down. Healing was already done, right? What we do is appropriate healing in the identi- well, identically the same way that we appropriated salvation, right? Right, so Romans 10. Let's look at Romans 10. So again, we're not praying salvation down from heaven, right? He died on the cross. It's finished, right? Didn't we talk about that the other week? It's finished, right? So just like we're not praying salvation down, we're not praying healing down. It's already done. Isn't that that song y'all used to sing? It's already done. All right, so Romans 10, 9, and 10. It says that if thou wilt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe God, Believe in thine heart, key word, believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with confession, and, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So the same way we appropriate salvation is the same way we appropriate healing. Like we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, right? Right? And this is interesting. People travel thousands of miles to clinics. They spend a fortune to obtain the best medical skill and will uh, 
philosophically accept any failure of physicians. So they'll, they'll, they'll travel all over to, to, for a physician because they heard this person had this the greatest doctor. The doctor can perform surgery and the person could die and they can come back and say, well, you know, we did the best we could. Uh, we couldn't save them. They said, well, thank you, doctor, for making all your effort. Right? Would the people just accept it? Ah, he messed up. You know, but when, they, when it comes to divine healing, they're quick to challenge its reality in a heartbeat. But you, I mean, the people spend, remember, even in the Bible, that young lady spent all that she had for physicians. All right? You would figure after maybe a couple of shots at it, you'd be like, ah, this might not work. But we do that with, with healing if, we, if, if, if it doesn't manifest that particular day. Oh, this don't work. But, but we've given doctors, I don't know if doctors ever, ever, ever got turned away from. You know, folks be like, I'm going in again. So they do a surgery, right? Then you come back and they go, oh, you know what? I, we did the surgery, but when we did the surgery, I think we saw something else. So then they do another surgery, right? Then you go back and then you, you, something bothers you and you come back and say, oh, you know what? It's probably, probably you know, your rotator. So we got to do, they do surgery on that. Then you, you keep coming back and you go on all these surgeries, right? And they keep telling you it's something else, right? But, the, but when they did it the first time, they go, oh, this is it, right? And you just keep going back and all. But people just keep going back, right? But we can't go back to the Word like that? I'm just saying. We can't go to the Word like that? All right, so, so again, the, the, the parallel here, we're going to talk just some, just some words for understanding. So we talked about salvation and wholeness. Uh, I've been talking about sozo for the longest. So that's the Greek and Hebrew word sozo, so uh, S-O-Z-O, right? And so what that means is physical, that's your physical and spiritual healing. That's why it's Hebrew and Greek. Uh, it's wholeness. It's to save, to heal, to preserve, to do well, to make whole, to save, to heal, to preserve, to do well, uh, be or make whole. That's sozo, the word Greek Hebrew word sozo. And I know I might be going a little fast, but this is on the video. All right, so salvation, salvation. That's the Greek word soteria, uh, uh, S-O-L-T-R-I-A, right? Soteria, salvation. So what that means is uh, full deliverance. Salvation is full deliverance, complete safety, complete safety. Preservation. This is a good word. And soundness. Remember, God is not giving you a spirit, a spirit of fear, but of what? Power, love, and what? Sound mind. See, that soundness is spiritually, mentally, and physically. You know, like, like there's, there's nothing interrupting your peace, right? So that's salvation there. And then uh, let's just hit real quick wholeness. And that's a Greek word, shalom. Shalom, uh, C H, I mean S H A L O M, right? Wholeness, shalom. You see people greet each other, shalom, be well is what they say, be well, be well, right? And um, there's another word here, it's, uh, it's, it's corporeal, but C O R P O R E L. C O R P O R E L. 
And so, so, so it's having material or physical form or substance, uh, visible and tangible. In other words, it can be seen. So, so let's look at it from this angle. So I can be healed, but when I'm whole, it's seen. Right? I could be healed, but, but my wholeness is kind of seen. Um, you know, something happens to me when I'm whole, right? And so for, for, for this particular conversation, salvation is healing. Salvation is healing because salvation is wholeness, right? It's, it's, it's having everything you need. When you're delivered, it's everything you need. It's not a thing, it's everything, right? So healing is simply the salvation of Jesus Christ, look, having his divine action in our body. Healing is simply the salvation of Jesus Christ having his divine action in our body. The same as it's had his divine action in our spirit. See, so that's why when we talk about souls on wholeness, it's spiritual and physical healing. So just so that salvation is having an action in our body for healing, right? But also, just like, I mean, I'm sorry, healing is, is having a divine action in our body uh, because of what Christ did. But just like when we were saved and given eternal life, there's an action that took place in our spirit. All right, let's look here at Titus. Titus 3, I said we were going to talk about this Sunday because I'm doing all this stu- studying, but it's actually today we're supposed to talk about it. <laughs> all right, so Titus 3 is from our new birth class, but uh, Titus 3, verse 5, it says, um, it says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Look, by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Focusing on that scripture, verse 5, it says the washing of regeneration. So what happens is when we accept Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes in and regenerates or makes alive our dormant spirit, because what? By his stripes. No, it says uh, the wages of sin is death. So yes, eventually we're all going to die, but it's it's a it's a spiritual death. It's it's an eternal death. No, not not necessarily because obviously it's not a physical death because we've sinned and we didn't drop dead, right? <laughs> right. And so so when we're born again. There's a regeneration that takes place. Our spirit is made alive because of the, the penalty of sin uh, caused death, right? So just like our spirit is made alive, we have access for any infirmity, sickness, and disease to leave our body, right, and for us to be healed, but we're attaching our faith to it. So when Christ healed the body, he healed the spirit also. The scripture says, I pray that you be sanctified holy, spirit, soul, and body, right? That's 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, 23. And so, so at this, this new birth, uh, 
with this born-again experience, we have access to both a physical healing as well as a spiritual healing. So that's the, the spirit and the body, right? Right. But, but a lot of times you think through Scripture, we've talked about this before, you hear the spirit and body reference, but you won't hear the soul. Like uh, the Scripture says, uh, you've been bought with a price, so glorify God in your body and in your spirit. How come it didn't say, and in your soul? Because it's talking to the soul. It's saying, soul, glorify God in your body and your spirit. The Bible is saying, soul, walk in the spirit, and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Soul, the spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak, right? So the soul is where we make our choice. So, so when you have this access to this spiritual as well as physical healing, our soul has to uh, choose to believe with both. And for the people online, I probably, I probably wrote that as choice, so forgive me. But you have to choose to believe both. So we have to make the choice. That's why the adversary is after our soul. Because if, if, if the person that has your cho- soul has your choice. And he doesn't want you to choose to be healed. Listen, listen. It's a lot easy to break down an infirmed, uh, funky uh, person dealing with mental anguish and depression. It's easy. Like you don't have to work that hard. Right? It's a lot easier. So he doesn't need you choosing to, to, to change and get out of it. And this is why some people don't want to change. They think the responsibility is on them. So you know how like, when you're young, you don't want to grow up, and some people are older and don't want to grow up. Well, I don't want to grow up. I don't want no responsibilities. I don't want nothing. The reason why, because they've seen their, their inability to, to do the right thing. That's why the scripture says, apart from him, you can do nothing. Be confident in this very thing that he that's begun a good work will perform it into the day of Christ Jesus. So it's not on us, it's on us to yield to him. You see what I'm saying? As long as we're, if the devil only got to deal with us and if we're going to be disciplined, focused, and locked in and responsible, we're going to lose every time. But let him work in you to will and to do his good pleasure, Philippians 2, right? So when we receive the Lord's, uh, the Lord by faith, what happens is one's defective eyes receive sight. The dormant mind becomes active and the sick body is healed. When we receive the Lord by faith, one's defective eyes, our defective eyes receive sight, right? Our dormant mind becomes active and our sick body is healed. When, we're, when we don't embrace what God has afforded us by faith, we're saying by faith, you know, we're walking as blind people thinking we see, right? Our mind is not clear or sound, it's confused, right? And our body is constantly infirmed and sick to a point where we're tolerating it. We're tolerating it. We're dealing with things in, our, in, in, in the inside of our body because we're carrying them. We're carrying cares, not casting care. So healing is God's demonstration to the soul that sins have been forgiven. So what God is saying to the soul, you heal within and you heal without, spiritually and physically. I just need you to choose to believe it, right? 
And so, so, so that's why preaching and teaching is important and we, we're us getting a full revelation of this because the will of God is, is to free the body, mind, and spirit from sin and its bondage. The will of God is to free the body, mind, and spirit from sin and its bondage. It is not the will of God that we should be bound. It's not the will of God that here I go again, I'm going through this. And so some people are upset with God and that's the adversary's move. The adversary's move is, is I'm going to get to your mind and your choices. I'm going to affirm you before you realize it. You're going to keep going through stuff, but because I got a hold of your mind and I blinded you, you're on the inner, in your inner core, you're going to blame God. You're going to talk God, but on the inside, you're going to blame God. So you really don't believe. You're never attaching your faith, so you're never going to get your healing. And you're going to be mad at the person that actually afforded you the healing when it's not his fault. We have choice, right? But that's what happens. You know, it's, it's all a setup. Because the reality is this, God wants the sick healed now. God wants the sick healed now. What God wills, he would rather us believe it now than later. He would rather us believe it. The scripture says in 2 Corinthians 6, 2, now is the accepted time of salvation. We could say the scripture saying now is the accepted time of wholeness. Same word, right? When is the accepted time? Now. Like, what, what, are, we, what are we waiting for? You know, so... That's why to say healed or to say saved means the same thing, right? To say healed and to say saved means the same thing. If we say healed or we say saved, that is for the body as well as for the spirit, right? It's for the body as well as for the spirit. So if, if I'm saved and I've accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior, well, the Bible says he redeemed us from the curse of the law, poverty, sickness, and death. I have, I have just as much access to healing as I do to eternity. Right? I just need to attach my faith to it. It's all included in redemption. So body and spirit are delivered together when people believe it. Body and spirit are delivered together when people believe it. Right? Glorify God in your body and in your spirit. 1 Corinthians 6.20. Right? Glorify God in your body and in your spirit. So it's all available for us. You know, always see your twofold deliverance in, in Christ. So, so the trick is sometimes we, we just waiting on heaven because we go, hey, I accepted Jesus. I'm going to, into eternity. I'll, I'll try to talk to a few people, but can you accept Jesus and go to your healing? <laughs> it's a twofold deliverance. It's not just so you can spend eternity. So people will tolerate sickness and disease all the way waiting to get to eternity when you can be healed on your way going. You see what I'm saying? Because uh, the scripture says, by stripes we what? Right. So saved and made whole is the same. Both words, saved and made whole, were translated from the Greek word sozo. They both came from the, from the same word, sozo. So Christians need not to be sick. We do not have to tolerate sins in our life because Jesus bore our sins, right? 
neither do we have to tolerate sickness in our life because Jesus bore our sickness. Yeah, we, just like we don't have to tolerate sin, we don't have to tolerate sickness because Jesus bore both of them. All right, so that's, 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 all, that's all we have, at least for today. We'll, we'll, we, we may or may not get into some other stuff.